Thank you, my brother. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Amen. Any time is a good time to go to the house of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Good to see each and every one here on Wednesday night. Some of the greatest people come to church on Wednesday night. I said some of the greatest people come to church on Wednesday night. Amen. You're here. Amen. Now's the time to give yourself a pat on the back. Oh, it's good for me and Tanine to be here with you. And uh, she was here Sunday morning, heard and saw illustrated message, I believe, uh, a great message Sunday morning. And she wasn't with me. We're uh, do interim pastoring. And we go into churches and uh, that are uh, looking for a pastor. And sometimes there are some things that we need to deal with. Sometimes we just need to build up that congregation, get things going, and see what we can do in the community, get things rolling before the next guy comes along. And that's what we're doing right now. And so on uh, Sunday mornings, we are taking off before 8 o'clock, an hour and a half drive over the hills and so forth to Thayer, Missouri. And so we've been there a little over three months. And sometimes our work continues after the Sunday morning message, and sometimes we're not back till too late, and we miss your service that Sunday night. But we love being here at the Palace of Praise and being with the Palace of Praise people. You've got one of the greatest churches you could ever have. If you can't grow in this church, amen, well, you're just not growing. If you're not fed in this church, amen, you're just not eating. Amen. If something good is not happening to you great in your life, you're just not listening. I tell you what, there's no excuse when you look at all the great teaching, when you look at all what this church offers, when you look at all the times for prayer that is offered and studies and everything, man, Amen. You got it made and you don't know it. Amen. Worship team, one of the greatest pastors, associates, and man, I tell you, we can go on and on and on. And uh, amen. You have a great church here. Have a wonderful town. We're believing God with you along with others that God will do wonderful and mighty things. Last week, uh, before I was really asked to come and be here tonight and speak to you, the Lord put uh, a message on my heart, a thought in my spirit. And uh, as I began to go through the scriptures and, and through a message, I might go over maybe two or 300 scriptures, prayer, hours, went back and forth over this message. But I believe that it is for you tonight. So I hope that you're really breathing in your spirit. I want to preach on a subject on the worth and wisdom of the weight. The worth and wisdom. Really get deep in my spirit, and I hope it gets deep in yours. I want to ask you a question. How many want to have more fruit from your labor? Raise your hand. I mean, how many of you want to have more fruit from your prayer life? How many want to see more souls saved? Amen. Because of your witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. How many of you want to really see more people heal? I, I mean, I want to see more growth. I, I want to see growth in us. I want to see growth in the church, amen, in number. I just want to see growth in great testimonies. Well, there is worth and wisdom of the weight. Let us read from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, and I'm going to read through verse 31, amen, verse 31. And it says, have you not known, have you not heard, 
that the everlasting God, I'm glad he's everlasting, don't you? Amen. It says, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary, for his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to might. He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. But those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. I love this scripture. And I've heard it preached in so many ways. I've heard it preached here. And I think I've heard your pastor preach it. I've heard Brother Randy, uh, your associate, preach it and others preach it in this church. It's very valuable to us in these last days. Lord, we love you tonight and we thank you for the everlasting word of God that gives us strength and power and definition within our lives that makes us mighty, that makes us fruitful, Lord. Help us, Lord, Lord, to breathe in and to take in, Lord, what you would have for us tonight. And we'll thank you for the anointing of your spirit. Everybody said, amen. If you look in the original Hebrew of the word wait, it means this. It means to bind together. You see, sometimes when we think of the word wait, we think of maybe time that it has spent really kind of useless. Uh, we think of waiting as something that is boring, something that is just not really bringing fruit. And sometimes it seems a little bit dull, but that word wait is not Amen, uh, uh, out of action, it, it, it means to bind together, perhaps by twisting. When we're waiting, something's happening exactly when we're waiting. It is not, amen, uh, it doesn't have to be boring, and uh, it does not have to be fruitless, and uh, it doesn't mean that your time is really wasted. And this is what the Lord is wanting really to say tonight. Amen, that one of the most important spiritual areas of our Christian life is the weight, is the weight. There are many reasons for the weight, but in everyone there is a great lesson to be learned, and there are many great fruits and blessings that follow. For we live in a society today that is based on, infant, on instant gratification. Amen, I want it and I want it now. Amen, there is that luxury, beautiful car, and it doesn't matter how long the payments are, they can go beyond seven years. Doesn't matter, I want it, and I want it now. Amen, instant gratification. Amen, I'm hungry. I can't wait for something to be cooked, so I've got to hurriedly throw it right into the microwave. <laughs> Amen, all of us really have been there in that way. And there are things that we want, we don't mind just, going ahead and signing up for the debt that really goes with it. Amen, instant gratification. But some of the most important things are found really during many people's wait for a position, for a ministry, for a child, for a timing. There is a season of preparation. David waited at least 15 years to be king. Think about it. He was prophesied in his youth to be king, but it took 15 years. First he was king, I believe, over Judah, and it was a while before he was king over all of Israel. Think about that. Amen. Moses waited for 40 years. 
to, eat, to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. He was in his 80s. But maybe that waiting on the other side of the desert and that waiting that he had to do with those sheep that he was tending all that time, maybe the Lord began to teach him some viable lessons. Amen. That in, amen, that instruction of his sheep, the caring of his sheep in leadership qualities that he might have found out and selling his sheep and so forth, he might have learned at that time in how to be a true leader, and he became a great leader. Sarah had waited for 25 years for her appointed child, Isaac. And you wonder, why did she have to wait for 25 years? Well, maybe if she would have had it after nine months from the time of the prophecy, it could have been she wouldn't have been the proper mother. She might have not had the proper faith. She might have not, amen, even though she was up in years and she had heard it all, she had seen it all, it's a little bit different sometimes when it's your child that is born, right? It's a little bit different to implement what you have seen and what you have heard when you have your own child. And maybe that's why she had to wait for 25 years. Rebecca waited for 20 years to give birth to Jacob and Esau. Over 500 were told by Jesus to wait for the promise of the Holy Ghost for 10 days after he would leave this earth. Why? Amen. The Bible tells us in Acts 1 and 3 and, and 4 and 5, it says, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen of them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. Now, he spoke to over 500 people, but only 120 were waiting in the upper room. Are you listening to me? Amen. He spoke to over 500 people. Amen, 500 people, but only 120 were faithful to his words. Amen, sometimes it's so easy to blame God for things. Sometimes uh, we, we say, well God, uh, well, God, why are you so slow? But maybe it might be that we're slow in our waiting. We're slow in our listening. We're slow maybe in our praying. We're, we're slow in our awareness of being uh, spiritually minded maybe. There, there could be a lot of things. And think about it, those 120. Uh, why did they have to wait for 10 days after he left? Well, maybe, maybe the disciples had some things to work out. I mean, they had been traumatized. I mean, man, they had to be rid of fear uh, because of what happened. There was still persecution that was going on. I mean, man, boy, I, I guarantee you their pictures were up in every post office. Amen. And so maybe there was some things maybe to work out. I don't know. And, uh, and, and also, amen, why were they waiting for 10 days? Well, a lot of times Jesus chose the best times to do certain things. And the day of Pentecost was one of the best times where men and women from all over the world came to that special feast, one of the three feasts that they had to come to, and they came to the Feast of Pentecost. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues, and the, all these men had heard them and said, there's no way they can speak in our language. Aren't these men Galileans? But they heard them in their tongue, glorifying God, praising God. Peter steps out, begins to preach to them, and tells them of the crucifixion 
the resurrection of Jesus and what was prophesied by the book of in the book of Joel that in the last day saith God I'm going to pour out of my spirit upon you uh, all flesh and he continues on and several thousand people are one to the Lord amen it pays to wait upon the Lord when he tells you to wait it it, it may not be just for that certain situation like it happened on the day of Pentecost where three it might be a little bit more about you, amen, than really about that. And sometimes starting out, it is about you. Because if it first is not about you, and if you don't learn, amen, of the fruit it is in waiting, sometimes what it takes to see a Pentecost come or to see a revival come or to receive somebody come to the Lord Jesus Christ or or whatever the miracle that it is that is needed in your life, sometimes it doesn't come until, amen, you have learned to wait on spiritual things within your own life. And so we see this. When, when waiting for the perfect will of God in whom one day I would marry, amen, when I was waiting, amen, and, and it, I was a little over 23 when I got married. My wife was just, just a tad more later than me. But I waited. I made up my mind that if I didn't find the will of God, I wasn't going to get married. And, and half my graduating class that I, I was with at my high school, half of them got married and most of them got divorced. And, and so there were some things that was working on the inside of me. But the dating process, when you're waiting for marriage and you're dating, you find out what you like and you don't like. You find out who you can work with and who you can't work with. And sometimes, man, when you get deeply in love, all that wisdom goes out the window because all you know is that you love that person. But you know it takes more than love to have a marriage. It takes more than love just to stay together. And uh, I'm talking about the infatuation and, and so forth of that. And uh, I, I appreciate my wife so very much. Amen. In the preparation, in the waiting, I took a course on marriage and family. Helped me a whole lot. She probably disagrees, but it helped me a whole lot. Even after we got married, I remember going through a bookstore and I saw a, a book that said, What Every Woman Wish Her Husband Knew About Women. I bought it. And she was gone for about two weeks to her dad's and took the kids. And I said, well, here's a good time. And I said, wow, man, I missed it here. I missed it there. Amen. And I learned so much from that book. The only thing, I needed nine more volumes. <laughs> it was only one book. Amen. Praise God. And I appreciate it because she's traveled with me across the nation. And she followed me to various churches to pastor Amen, driving long ways, amen, every Sunday morning with me, and she usually is the one driving me back when I'm so tired and all. And on the 20th of this month, we'll be married 39 years. Give her a good hand clap. Amen. She probably should have waited. <laughs> amen, praise God. But when you don't wait on the Lord, you can end up with consequences that hurt or nag you really to the end. Amen, it really can. By not waiting, you can miss God's provision. We can be settling for the here and an immediate now. And when I was dating, man, I, I, there was some pretty, I went to Bible college. I mean, there was some girls that was looking for a husband. And I saw some pretty, I saw some rich. 
and everything. And, and when I saw Tanine, she filled my heart. I knew it was the will of God. Amen. She filled a part of me that, amen, that I had never had filled before. She a great church worker. Amen. Singing in the choir. I asked the pastor, I said, now, tell me about that girl in the choir. And he began to tell me of how she gave to missions and how she was all the time working in the church and working with children and all the things that she was doing. And then it wasn't long when I was passing through, she fixed dinner for me. And I said, man, that closes it right there. <laughs> Woo! Homemade biscuits, pork chops, amen, the real potatoes, not out of the box, come on. Seal the deal. It really sealed the deal. Amen, we can miss the opportunity to develop patience, which is not our enemy, but our friend. Amen, patience has got a negative name to it. Amen, it just seems like nobody likes the word patience, but it's part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And if you want your faith to go where it needs to go, patience has got to go with it. Amen, patience must have faith, and faith must have patience. And without it, amen, I've seen pastors stayed at. They had the same problem at the next place and the next place. I have seen people in the church, amen, without that patience to give up on the pastor and go to the next one and go to the next one and go to the next one. And even myself, when I was at South for 25 years, at least three different times, I, I, there was a church uh, that had a lot of money and had a lot of vision and Boy, they prayed, they sought God, they wanted me to come to their church. And, uh, and it just seemed like our church just wasn't doing much. And I thought, well, I think I have just preached everything I can preach and done everything. And boy, they had one CD that was $500,000, just one CD. And, but when we were coming back, boy, we could hear people praying in the altars that night. Amen, they were preparing for a great, uh, harvest festival, man, they were in the community. They were telling me about their vision, their dream. But when we were going home, amen, I said, Tanine, what do you think? She said, I don't feel it. It was all great. The people were great. Everything was great, but I don't feel it. And I said, I feel empty about it too. I had to wait for over a week before I told them I can't take it. Amen. And you know what the Lord told, told me, and I believe I've stated this before, the Lord began to speak to me and said, Jerry Lemons said, how many times have you told your people not to skip church? Amen, not to run to another church because of the lack of patience or because of problems or because things are just not going the way you think it ought to be. How many times have you told people not to just leave the church and go somewhere else and just keep on skipping around and, and said, you're at fault right now doing the same thing. And I said, well, God, what do you want me to do? And he said, you need to wait. Amen. You need to wait. But while you wait, there's some things that you need to grow out of. And there's some things that you need to grow into. And while you're going through this season, you need to have patience. And you need to wait. And you don't need to make quick decisions. He said, you're the one that needs to grow up and grow out of this problem. Not to church. Hello. Three different times the Lord really told me that. Amen, and sometimes that's just the way it is. But we can miss the opportunity to develop patience, which is not our enemy, but it's our friend. Amen, it, it, it follows us on our journey. It helps us to make the right decisions 
to not be so quick about certain things. And in James 1 and 4 says, let patience have its perfect work. But I'm speaking to somebody tonight, and I'm telling you, you need to let patience have its perfect work, or you're going to continue to run around in circles. You're not going to bear the fruit that you don't understand that you are not bearing. Amen. There are some things that are not happening in your life. Amen. And in your prayer life, through your prayer life, and you don't understand. Well, you need to let patience have his work. And sometimes you just got to wait. But because you wait doesn't mean you are inactive. It doesn't mean that you're not doing anything. You see, a lot of people think, well, I'm just waiting. Amen, empty time. Amen, it, it, it's, it's just time that's wasted. No, it's not. Amen. How valuable is your wait? How honorable is your wait? We can miss experiencing true peace by not waiting. When we refuse to wait on his timing, we miss out on his provision, on his patience, and also on his peace. And, and you know, peace is very special because sometimes our discernment comes from peace. Amen. How many of you ever said, well, do you have a peace about that? Do you have a peace about that? Amen. That, that word that came over me from some, did you feel a peace or did you feel a little bit of confusion concerning that? Doors of ministry can be closed, uh, such as what happened to King Saul through impatience, and he was an impatient man. At first, boy, he shouted, he danced with the prophets, he even prophesied. Boy, he sung, he hit the tambourine, he had a good time. But you know, he wasn't a continued worshiper. He, he was very impatient. He was, uh, uh, oh, he, he just had a problem with himself. And, and when they heard that song, well, David's got these 10,000s that he's killing, but the king Saul, our king, only has a few thousand. Well, that, that just made it even worse. Impatience. Amen, an enemy, it's just building, building. An enemy, and the Philistines are coming against him, and he needs a quick word from God, and Samuel is not there, and he can't get much of a quick word because he's an impatient man. He doesn't hang around the altar much. Hello? He's not a worshiper like David was. You see, David hung around. And one time, he went and fought the Philistines and defeated them, and another time, he got down in prayer, went into the tent and prayed, and said, God, Amen. Should we go after him? He was a man of patience. And he waited on God's word. And God said, yeah, but I want you to do it a different way. I want you to attack in a different way. Patience in his life paid off. Amen. But not in Saul's life. Amen. Saul couldn't wait for Samuel. He went into the forbidden place. He went and offered sacrifices that it was an abomination unto God. He got in such a hurry. Samuel comes in and says, what have you done? We're not going to get an answer from God like this. And he says, your kingdom is taken away from you. Amen. What God is saying. Amen. It can keep us being unfruitful if we do not exercise patience and waiting upon God. I'm speaking tonight to God will not return void tonight. Oh, but I've got a better sermon for you. <laughs> Amen. Hang on. Many have looked at the subject of waiting as a time of non-activity. But waiting on God shows and proves how much we value our need for his fellowship and for his wisdom. Amen. When you cut it short, it's just saying, well, I, I, I know you're God, but I, I can do better than you. Much of us have thought about that. Amen, I have. 
I might have a better word, Lord. But waiting on God shows and proves how much we value our need for the fellowship and wisdom. Also, when we patiently wait on the Lord, we are affirming that we trust him to fulfill his word. Like Saul, he couldn't wait. But when we wait upon the Lord, we're saying, God, we have got our trust in you. You are God of our life. You're Lord of our life. You know everything. You're everywhere. You can handle everything. And we have placed our life in your hands. And I know that you will, can do a miracle if the enemy is right upon us. Also, when we patiently wait on God, we are affirming, as I said, we trust in him to fulfill his word. Waiting also strategically can cultivate good fruit and productive habits in our lives, such as patience. Everybody say patience. I've been preaching on perseverance. I remember growing up when I thought, Lord, I can't make it. I can't make it through this through this trial. I can't make it through this. I, you know, whatever it was, I can't, and, and what it was, God was just letting me be stretched. He was just letting me be stretched. And if you really love him, you're going to have to stick with it. Amen. If you love God more than you love anything else, if you love God, then love quitting. You're going to, and I said, God, I don't know if I can just stand it. I, I just don't. And because I love the Lord, I stuck in. And then, whoo, after it was over, all of a sudden I saw the growth. All of a sudden I began to see the fruit. All of a sudden in the next trial, I overcame it a whole lot better. I had a lot more wisdom, amen, that I had tamed because I had to go where I hadn't gone before. I had to think where I hadn't thought before. I had to rely on God's timing and God's plan and God's call on my life like never before. And all of a sudden, I began to grow. And all of a sudden, my fruits also began to grow. Fruits out of my life. Amen. When waiting with spiritual awareness, and you need that spiritual awareness, priorities can become clearer. Now, all these things the Lord began to give me. Went back and went back, and this is what God wants me to give. Amen. Are there anything, is there anything in your life that's unclear? Do you have a host of activities that might be too much in your life? <laughs> I know that's just about everybody. Between the ball games and the pageants and everything else, it can run you to death. I mean, society has got. Man, everybody doing everything so much, and, and I believe the devil is right in the middle of it. And even though there's nothing wrong with going to a baseball game, man, my wife and I, for our anniversary, usually go to a Cardinals game. Hottest time of the year, but we go. There's nothing wrong with doing good things and, and going to some activities, but all of a sudden, church can get clouded. It can take a back seat the calling on your life, the talent God's given you, uh, what God has intended for you to use for his glory. All of a sudden, everything can get clouded. And the reason why God is calling you awake one day is that he's waiting for you to begin to think and with spiritual awareness begin to kind of look into your life and say, God, really, am I where I really need to be? Am I really doing what I really need to do? Amen, for you. And all of a sudden, things begin to clear up. And all of a sudden, amen, as we wait upon the Lord, we see how insignificant some of the things that we're doing are. And they're not producing anything. And, and there's some good things, but there are some wasted things. And all of a sudden, things begin to be more clear of what we need to be doing. 
Waiting can help you understand yourself. Amen. Understand yourself. Whatever you go through, whatever you're doing within your weight, it will tell off on you. Hello? Our trials tell off on us. How we handle situations tell off on us. If you would give me your uh, pocketbook, your, your bank book, I could tell mostly everything about you, what your habits are, what you love, what you love to go do, what you spend more money on. I could say, and it's so true with our actions so many times. Amen. Waiting can help you understand yourself. And men, we get so bogged in about ourselves. Sometimes we let the spirit of condemnation come upon self. Amen. And, and sometimes we feel inferior uh, uh, in comparison to other people and other things. And, uh, but why God wants you to, and I just feel, amen, tonight in the Holy Spirit that somebody needs to wait upon God because you're going to get some surprises. You're going to get a word of the Lord. You're going to get a clear picture about yourself, what you need to move out of your life, what you need to move into your life because God has got so much fruit for you and God has got open doors for you. Those that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength and many other things. Waiting can help you rest and regroup. Get those things off your mind. Rest in the Lord, the word rest. In fact, when the Bible prophesies the power of the Holy Ghost coming, he says with this, uh, with, with this rest, amen, he calls it a rest. Amen, with stammering lips and another tongue while I speak to his people. This is the rest that I have spoke of. Amen. There is a rest in the Holy Spirit, waiting upon the Holy Spirit. Amen. Not being so quick to run out of the church doors. Amen. When should you get off your knees? I think you ought to get off your knees when you feel like the burden is getting lighter, when you feel like your soul has been filled up with the Holy Ghost. God wants us full of the Holy Ghost. Can you shout amen? Amen. It's a time to regroup. Psalms 37 and 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Amen, wait patiently for him. Amen, it, has, it makes good productive habits. Whatever you are waiting for, start, amen, being aware spiritually and start some new habits. When we wait on God, we're learning more about our humility, which is greatly needed. Amen, you show me a great pastor. I'm talking about a great spiritual pastor, not just a pastor who has a lot of people. But I'll show you a pastor. Jesus, all through the New Testament, was talking about how humble he was. He was humble to obey his father, to spend time with his father, to listen to his father. He said, when you've seen me, you have seen the father. He was close to the father. He had such a humble spirit. Amen. He never had this, even though he was God and man, he never had this uh, stigma that, hey, I'm so much better than you and Here's this condemning spirit and everything else. Amen. As, as we wait before the Lord, we hear ourselves. The Bible says that if you come back to God, what in the Old Testament it said, if you will humble yourselves, repent. Amen. Humility. Amen. It is seen and how we wait upon the Lord. Becoming more patient and waiting will help lead you through situations you didn't believe that you could cope with, as I said. For what has been developed in you through your waiting process, will also transfer over into your relationships, into your ministry. You see, we try to minister before we're fixed here. 
Amen. That's why Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem because I want you fixed before you go out. I want you full of power when you go out, but not just full of power. He said, I want you uh, with power and faith, and not only with faith, but I want you with power, faith, and I want you to have wisdom. I want you to be filled with the wisdom of God in doing what, you have call, what you've been called to do. Waiting in patience is not your enemy. It's your best friend that goes along with you on your journey. How much you choose to yield and learn through it, it's all up to you. In Matthew 13 and verse 23, it says, But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. It says, Who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Now, it's always been questioned, why are some people more blessed than others? Could it be that some, could it be, I believe there's several reasons why there's sometimes people might have learned how to be a people have learned how to be a more effective soul winner. They have gone to some teaching. They have been aided by many areas of the church to be that better Christian, to live better, to do everything better, to be more skilled in the things of God. But maybe it was because they learned how to wait before the Lord. Maybe, maybe the group here, and I, I'm not condemning the group because they produce fruit. It says some 160 and 30. Maybe the 30 could have waited a little bit less than the 60. Or maybe the 60 waited a little bit less than maybe the 100. Have you ever thought of that? Maybe, maybe some, but right before they got a thought, man, boy, there's something I got to do before we go to bed, before we do this, that, and got up and went, and maybe those with a hundred said, you know what, I'm just going to stay on my knees. That food is not as important as getting the will of God right now. I can get food early in the morning. I have to. I believe God's got a word for me. I believe, and all of a sudden, stay there, and all of a sudden, pow, click. Amen. They've got the answer. They've got what they needed. Amen, this message is for you. You know, I never just preach to people, I preach to us. I'm always preaching to us. I'm never just preaching to you, I'm preaching to us. I preach to myself. But tonight, as we go to God in prayer, I want us to pray about our waiting. Amen, waiting. Amen, waiting about before we make certain judgments on people. Amen especially as pastors. You know, pastors go through so much. Sometimes I've had people to come to my office before I had to preach and unload on me. And I had to fight all of that junk. And there might be somebody say, well, Brother Lemon's not the preacher he used to be. Well, you wouldn't either if somebody unloaded on you. If somebody come to you right before preaching and said, you know, I'm just not being fed. I'm going to go somewhere else. And I think many of y'all have known me for years. If, if you're not getting fed, you're just not eating. Hello. And there's a lot of things, but be careful. It's better to wait. It's better to take that breath before you say whatever you say because when a word goes out to somebody, it can't come back. Wait before the Lord. I want you to pray tonight about how 
you need to wait before the Lord for your family. How you need to wait before the Lord concerning your church. How you need to wait before the Lord concerning the talent that God has given you. You say, boy, you're putting a whole lot on us. No, it starts tonight and it continues tomorrow and the next day and the next day. But you just need to wait because that might be producing 30% fruit. Maybe in your wedding, you might start producing 100%. Who knows? 